Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast Between the Pages where I talk about a particular book and share some thoughts or insights I've gleaned from it. Now first of all, thank you so much for listening in. I know a lot has happened since uh, my very last episode in uh, 2018, was it? I think I took a year-long break last year in 2019. I, th- I think it was because I was officially starting my work uh, then and it has been kind of crazy but I'm coping, alhamdulillah, and I'm really happy doing what I do. So I think I just needed to stop from stressing myself out to constantly post content for the sake of it, which is something I didn't want to do. And I wanted to take a pause to focus on my work first as I adjust myself to it. And, you know, I know that sometimes we're told to be consistent in what we love, but if we find that we're neglecting our needs and finding that we stretch ourselves too thin, then it's totally okay, I think, to give yourself that break. So take a breather and go easy on yourself. Now, the reason I'm back is really because I just wanted to share about my debut book of poems, Homebound. Um, Oh yes, another reason why I was away for the whole of last year was partly because of work, as well as I was actually focusing on getting my book out. So I was taking the time to edit my work, to finalize it all, and sending it to my publisher. So uh, my book was actually published late last year in 2019 by my publisher, Leaf Publishing, and it's sold everywhere wherever books are sold online. You can find it on Amazon, Book Depository, Waterstones, etc. And if you're residing in Singapore, you can get it on Warder Books. Now they're still doing delivery straight to your home, so you can get it on their website. Um, and my book's available in paperback and hardcover, so you can choose. I personally love the paperback because the textures really matte and it's just beautiful to touch. (laughs) Props to Leaf for the minimalistic design. I have to say that it was really easy for me to just choose the cover design. All I had to say was I wanted a minimalist aesthetic and I'm glad I followed their suggestion to put um, a little minaret on the letter D in Homebound. If you realize there is a little minaret design and to actually use the Medina uh, Medina shade of sand which was really apt instead of a white which which I was initially considering. So I'd just like to say thank you so much, Leaf, for the beautiful design and for putting my book together and helping me to just distribute it to all the bookstores. And I'd also like to say a big shout out to Warder Books for their support in my work and for even suggesting an author session. I'm forever, forever grateful and, de- and indebted to, to them. And Warder Books owner Ibrahim was even so kind to give me the opportunity to hold an author session, which did not happen, unfortunately, because of the COVID-19 situation. But it's okay. Hence, I'm bringing this, all this interview to you through this podcast because I wanted to share a little bit more about my book instead of just writing it out. Now, why the title Homebound? Why did I choose Homebound as the title? Um, the main reason is really because I wanted a one-word title i didn't want something that's too long to remember so i chose homebound because i thought that it encompasses most of what i tried to convey through my poems which is going back home to god um it's a lot of the undercurrent of hope and faith and um basically um finding your way to god and um and it made me realize that all of us are on a life journey to go home to our lord and we experience life Um, in all its fleetingness, in its transience, we experience um, heartbreaking moments that awaken us to realize very acutely that we're all here for a temporary stay and that we're all on the same road towards a similar destination, which is home, back to God. Um, and that realization that my poems sort of have that undercurrent of leaving, of 
of hope of home um you know made me choose this title and I also thought it apt to tie it in with my second visit to Umrah where I revisited Mecca and Medina where I had the most enlightening experience where I had almost like an epiphany almost like a calling to share my love for these cities and for God through these words and where it also felt like a full circle because I went there for the second time in 2016 a year after my mom had passed away and it was a healing moment for me um my first visit was when I was 5 years old where I still remember very vividly how everything looked like how everything felt like and how 20 plus years later how much things have changed in the infrastructure and the buildings yet some things still remain the same so that's what struck me most about these beautiful lands and i felt this change internally towards not only external change but it was inward as well so i felt this strong urge to just pour my words out about what i have encountered there and about my life in general in poetry So I'm going to be reading some poems from the from my book Homebound. Um I've selected a few that I wanted to share a little bit of the backstory and the inspiration behind these poems. So the very first one that I'll read is the very first poem that's in this book which is The Prophet's Mosque. We arrive at the crack of dawn, a deep serene, a watercolor canvas complements the unceasing trickle of black and white hastening towards a secret enclave. A hint of a glowing minaret a gentle yet imposing edifice looking down at our eager steps i can almost hear her whisper welcome back my dear welcome my heart a body of salt water calm now a wave of current that breaks through these eyes as they realize its proximity to a place that once embraced her a row of sentinels dressed in gilded robes and ochre stand sentry guarding the palace in the muted light the majestic walls bear witness to centuries of tragedies and triumphs a shelter a university a burgeoning center an enlightened city the rooftop unfolds like its congregation his word on my tongue steadies these hands and heart as i quicken my pace to trace his footsteps home so that's the very first poem um and the inspiration behind this is none other than the prophet's mosque it was really the first image that i saw as i was walking um and fa- hastening my pace towards that mosque um it was the first image i saw when i reached um medina i remember in 2016 when i was there um the very first um, when we arrived it was fajr and the azan um was heard the fajr, fajr call to prayer was heard um from the mosque and it just felt so so enchanting and just indescribable really that feeling it was so i was so overwhelmed with emotions because um as we got out the car we put in put on things in the hotel and then we took our prayer things and quickly go on quickly went to the mosque quickly walked to the mosque and you know just looking at the mosque in front of you that 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 sudden wave of calm that just embraces you it was just something else and i just wanted to pour it all out in in words and this was what i was born out of it so so yeah that was the very first poem the prophet's mosque um and the inspiration behind it. And the second one that I wanted to share and read out to you is called Private Conversation on page 15. When living for years in an ocean of sins has brought an overcast in this heart, what else could cause the stormy weather and grey clouds to depart? When I fell on my knees in front of the Kaaba, eyes blinded by the afternoon light, 
Bee's hands and forehead in the scorching heat stopped hurting the moment I cried. I told you all the things I regretted doing, the things I sorely wished I didn't do, and all the things I wished I did, things I knew you already knew. And as my tears spilled like secrets on the burning white marble floor, I didn't notice the minutes passing. I simply cried and told you more. I begged you to place in my heart only love for the things you love. And soon I got up from my prostration and looked to the cloudless skies above. How strangely beautiful it is to feel a cool breeze amidst relentless rays, to stay calm in a world of chaos, to be loved by you always. Now this poem is, the story behind it is really special to me because it was truly a private conversation between me and God and it was done um, during my final tawaf, the final um, succumbulation um, and it was, it, I think they call it the tawaf wada, right? The farewell tawaf. So I remember it was Zohar time and we were supposed to leave Mecca in the, in the evening and I told my brother, it was, I was with my second brother and I told him, let's go and do our final tawaf now our farewell tawaf and and so I was with him and we were after we were done we you know we, we can do our prayers at the site so when we were doing our prayers um I I I was just in tears throughout even though it was Zohar time and it was extremely burning hot it was sunny and you know there was no shade between the sky and and the marble floors the marble tiles so it was extremely hot but miraculously i felt super calm and cooling and that was i think it was almost like magic and when i was performing my prostration i was doing my prostration and just spilling all my prayers and thank yous um and it was the longest prostration i had and it was also really something that's so sacred to me that it's really private and um you know to have all my prayers and just like a really intimate conversation with God at that point of time and it, it felt so close, you know, with the Kaaba right in front and people around you that, you know, there's so many people around you but they all just seemed to disappear and it was it just felt like it was you and God and, and so that was one moment that I really just wanted to to kind of like, you know, immortalize and never, never let it go so that's why I wrote this poem, A Private Conversation and the third poem I want to read is called Al Rauda. Stepping past the red and into green, my feet enter a sacred scene. The garden, a slice of paradise, consecrated to worship only him. I remember crying out loud for someone, anyone to help me get out of this place. And soon a stranger carries me, the heat from bodies emanating below, foreheads in a war to kiss the ground. I stand now on tiptoes gasping for air, uttering with my hastened breath, O oh Lord, make it easy for me, make it light for me in the thickness of the crowd, make it light for me through the darkness of this life, bodies cleaving towards the exit against the ferocious current of desperate pleas of supplication, fighting space for prostration, even if for a second to knock on his door of forgiveness, every soul fighting to emerge a flower from a garden that blooms only light, a gift imprinted in our hearts, a souvenir in our minds. Um, this one is no surprise. It's written. It's written because I was, um, you know, it was it was inspired by the, my experience in Rauda, and it's this is one of the things that remained the same when I was back in when I was in when I was five years old and when I was there in 2016. 
it was the same thing. It was just really packed and crowded and congested, and I didn't have the space to even prostrate. But um, and I, um, I remember when I was there the first time when I was five years old, I cried really loudly, and um, I had someone had to carry me. It wasn't my mom, but it was someone else who carried me because my mom was doing her prayers, and someone else had to carry me because I was just I was just wailing. <laughs> I was wailing and really loudly and um, I just wanted to get out of it because it was just so crazy, crowded and chaotic. And um, and then it kind of reminded me when I was back there in in 2016, it reminded me of that same experience um, I had. And But this time around, of course, I didn't cry. It's just that um, it made me feel like, wow, this thickness of the crowd, um, this, this darkness of you know, like everyone's just coming together and it's it's really crowded. And so, but you know, like whatever they say about you making prayers there, it's, it's inshallah, it will come true. And so I made a lot of prayers to make it easy, you know, to, to, to allow me to feel that freedom amidst the crowdedness, amidst the thickness of the crowd, to give me light amidst the darkness of this life. So, you know, it's just really... Um, it's something that I really wanted to keep, some a memory that I'll never forget, definitely, and um, how seeing everyone just fighting for a space to, fighting for a place, a space for for forgiveness from from our Lord to, to just pray and forgive, and to, you know, it's something that everyone who's been to, um, to Medina, to the to the Prophet's mosque will, will treasure and treasure really really dearly that particular encounter and experience in around her and something that I just wanted to remember through words. Okay, the next poem I'm going to read is titled I Remember and it's on page 51. I remember towering minarets, a certain calmness illuminating the Prophet's mosque, assuaging our vision from the unapologetic afternoon sun. I remember different skins, standing shoulder to shoulder in the same row, I remember endless carpets of vastness. I remember just us siblings running around and sliding across polished floors, laughing off our childish cares. I remember bodies being hoisted aloft by a stranger in tears over the tempestuous sea of people swarming all round us. I remember the bright lights. I remember searching for you in the crowd and crying even louder when you weren't in sight. I remember imposing gilded gates with Arabic numerals. I must have looked tiny standing right beside them. I remember losing my favorite sunglasses in the mosque and wondering where could they possibly be? Have I always been losing things? I remember us being separated from dad and brothers, you holding my hands, you raising yours to make dua in the scorching sun amidst a thinning crowd at the expansive courtyard. Thirty minutes passed without a sign. I shut my eyes as though not seeing would make the time pass faster. I remember opening my eyes to see a spot of white in the distance, growing more significant as it approaches. I remember you smiling as dad and brothers were walking towards us in their white thobe. I remember, even as you recall to me the story, the quiet smile across the light of your face and the relief in your eyes. I still think about it today, hoping the same bitterness of separation in life will reunite us in the sweetness of paradise. I remember having a childhood premonition that this would happen again. You and everyone I love smiling, greeting from afar. I remember the spectacular dance of shadow and light, arms melting in a long embrace. Heaven is our meeting place. 
I remember remembering the same sun, the same marble tiles I stepped foot today, privy to lost years, through lost tears. I remember praying for the same pristine whiteness and light of that fateful afternoon. So this one I've I wrote when I was in um, in Medina in the Prophet's Mosque again. I feel like that place really has a lot of inspiration for me. Um, and I remember at the that the whole expensive um, place outside the mosque, you know, that courtyard area where it's super huge and vast. Um, I remember very clearly I was lost with my mother. Like, you know, we were seg segregated, right? We were separated, the women and the men. So I remember back then we didn't have phones. I think all we had was a walkie-talkie. I remember very clearly. My dad actually bought walkie-talkies for us to connect. But of course, we can't connect because it was really far away, so we couldn't use it. But I remember it was after Zohar or was it after Asar. I think it was, yeah, either one. My my mom and I, we were, we were done our prayers. And so we were supposed to meet our brothers and my father outside a certain gate i remember it was a particular gate because that's what my mom and dad you know promised like, meet, meet at, at this gate after we're done with prayers and so i was with my mom and we were waiting but it was almost like an hour of wait and they were not they were nowhere to be found and i remember very clearly that my mom told me to sh close my eyes because oh sorry she told me to close my eyes because it was super hot and it was just really extremely scorching hot and the sun was getting to my eyes and I was I couldn't I couldn't take it. So my mom told me to close my eyes as she held my hand and she just guided me to walk and try to find them. And then I remember she stopped and paused and I could see from the side of my eye, from the peripheral vision that she was making dua in the courtyard, in the huge, huge, vast place. And she was making dua. I didn't know what dua she was making, but I knew that she was making dua. And in retrospect I think she was making dua of course to find my father and my brothers. And and it's a miraculous thing, as always, you know, for things to be happening there. It was miraculous that in a few minutes, we saw my brothers and father literally just walking towards us from far. And um, that showed me the power of dua, the power of prayers, and the power of my mom's prayer, the power of mother's prayers. And until today, I think she remem I remember she, she told me this story. Um, and I can still remember it, and I can still remember how it felt, that, that whole memory as though it just happened yesterday, and how apt it was, and how beautiful that metaphor of, you know, that separation, that brief separation from us and our dad and brothers, that separation in, in life, and how, you know, in separation between life and death, that prayers are the, is the one that's going to bind us, and the prayers are the one that's going to bring us together, inshallah, in the afterlife, so... It was something that I really, I remember and I'll never forget and that I'll always hold true to my heart to always pray, um, you know, for to, to be reunited again with my loved ones in Jannah, inshallah. So, yeah, the next poem that I'm going to read is titled The Moon, or actually just Moon, and it's um, on page 71. She looks at me. She is whole, complete. Everyone stops to look at her, a showstopper. They try to take a picture, but how can they recreate this essence and its rawness, beauty lost in film? What is it about her light that stuns me? I freeze and stare. Her light isn't a light that glares. It is subdued. It is within and without, shrouded with wisps of cotton gliding by in nonchalance, a gossamer fabric that fails to cover her brilliance. She conceals, 
but even the little she shows is enough to reveal the fire she burns. In the darkest hour, shy, power, modest intrigue, like the niqabi I admired in the prayer halls of the haram. The sun can kiss us dry and blind our eyes, but she, she loves so softly, quietly, an eye in the night sky, watching over us. In her I see a universe, intricate, designed by a presence I've never seen, yet feel, distant, near, all at once, and peace, peace, as she looks at me. This one was obviously inspired by the moon. Um, one night when I was walk- walking home, and I saw the moon, a full moon up above, and I saw a lot of people just suddenly brandishing their phones out from their pockets and taking pictures of the moon, trying their be- very best to get it, a good angle. But all I get, and I, I kind of joined in as well, and I took it and I I gave up after one take because it's never going to be as brilliant as it looked like from with your naked eye. It's never going to look the same in a camera. So that was basically what I was trying to reveal about the moon, how beautiful it is, and that we can never, like pictures can never hold a candle to how it looks like in real life and um, and trying to see how the moon is actually um, a metaphor for a lot of things, a lot of beautiful things and how, unlike the sun, it's really modest and it doesn't shine brightly but it shines so softly and it's, it's just a beautiful creation of Allah. The next one I'm going to read is titled Leaving. This one's really special to me because it's actually the very first poem I wrote in my life, um, I think. Yeah, it was when I was in twenty, when I was twenty-one or twenty. I wrote this poem, and I tell you the story later after I read this. This is on page ninety-six. All of life is but an act of letting go, series of detaching, fleeting moments that never hold. I was told, "Don't despair, my dear. Nothing real lasts here." Everything leaves, you see, mothers giving birth, child leaving the womb, children leaving school, dads depart for work, adults leaving youth, someone you love leaves, this life for the next, sometimes two souls drift, for reasons unknown, yet restless, we move, transient beings finding home, we can't hold on to things that don't, still, we hold with us remnants of attachments that we think will last, but are mere lessons passing like seasons, weighing us down like rocks tied to our feet, that we grapple, fumble, fall, and grieve. All the while we were blind to see, life teaches all along that we were born to leave. Now why is this poem so special to me? It's because it's actually the first poem I wrote, and it was the first poem I wrote to kind of like, it was kind of like a writing therapy for me. It was something that I wrote because it was an out of necessity. I had the strong urge to write because I was feeling so just really heavy in my heart, like this weight that just couldn't I couldn't carry. And it was because um, this one was written um, when I was in the hospital accompanying my mom for her very first chemotherapy. So um, to those who don't know, I, my mom was actually passed away five, you know, in 2015, so that was about five years ago. And um, she had cancer. She was diagnosed with cancer, stage three, in twenty eleven, I think, or is it twenty ten? I think it's twenty eleven. Yeah. And so she had four years to live. And um, and the first chemotherapy session I was with her, um, it was really difficult for me to go through. And I remember, write. I remember this urge to just write this poem out because I wanted to understand what I was feeling. And I wanted to 
wrap my head around the fact that I'm not going to see my mom forever. I'm not going to have her in my life for the rest of my life. You know, she's going to leave me soon. And I was just trying to understand that that whole idea of me leaving without my mom, which was something that I couldn't understand and was something that I didn't expect to happen so soon. And um, I just needed to needed to comfort myself, needed to tell myself that it's okay, that everyone's going to leave anyway and that everything in life is temporary. And so this poem was born because of that. Like I just wanted to understand the situation that I was in. Yeah, so um, so I wrote this poem, Leaving, because I wanted to understand that and to tell myself it's okay, that, you know, everyone's going to leave and that you should never, you should never hold on to something, that everything's that's been created here it's going to leave anyways and that the only thing that's going to stay that's forever that's eternal is is god is allah so everyone's leaving back to him going back to him so don't be sad that's what i was basically trying to to say in this poem the next poem i'm going to read is titled be all right and it's on page 107 these days i've been reading set books and writing set things and thinking set thoughts and dreaming set dreams but I won't let sadness settle. I simply allow it to take shelter. Sometimes sadness sits for too long and I wish this body was born a flower. But even flowers have thorns. There's nothing on earth that isn't bleeding, wilting. Nothing here that won't be torn, gone. I've told everyone who cared enough that I'm okay, even though I'm okay with me on the bathroom floor wet with my own tears. Everybody told me I must stay strong, but nobody told me how. So here. Take me and all my nothingness and mold me back whole. I want to be weak with you. Because stay strong is to not crumble and cry to sleep every night. Because stay strong is to not think about the massive void in this heart. Because stay strong is to not feel every fiber of my being shivering at the thought of having no hand to hold, no face to kiss, just desperate please as my forehead touches the ground and I whisper, I know you wouldn't burn me, burden me beyond that I can bear. I've sat in front of mirrors just to see how ugly I look when I cry. Try to turn the frown upside down while tears continue to sting my eye, my tongue, my middle of the night. But I will learn to face the world fearless, to wear my most beautiful smile, embrace sadness like a child, tell her to throw all her plans and pains out the window, watch them disappear into soft skies, into sighs, into smiles. Remember, the goal isn't happiness, the goal is to float, to tread lightly in this make-believe world while appreciating the transience of everything, including your own skin. We gather well to reunite with love in a place where we'll forget hurt. Take refuge in his book. This is the hardest chapter, but have hope that the ending will be wonderful. Let the mightier author complete your story. Look forward to better chapters. Have grand faith in every day. May the strength you spill in your pen light a candle in someone else's dark room. Illuminate. Lay sadness on the bed. Let her grow into something beautiful. Close your eyes and rest a while. Soon you'll rise. He'll raise you so high. Be all right. Breathe all right. You'll be all right. This writing, this poem I wrote was something I wrote to kind of also as a form of writing therapy. I wanted to. I was feeling it was this was a few days after my mom passed, and and I wanted to tell myself it's okay, it's all right, and that I can rise from this. I can, you know, it was like was the hardest moments and dif- the most difficult moments of my life um, facing it alone. I mean, I have my family, but I'm not the kind to tell my emotions. We don't, we have never discussed the passing of my mom together as a family. So it was something that I, 
I had to deal with, you know, alone and emotionally. I had to kind of like manage it on my own. And I do this through writing. I, I heal through writing. So hence I wrote all this, this piece of poem to kind of like tell myself that it's all right to feel sad. But don't feel too sad for too long because it's not good for my own sanity. And, um, and yeah, so it's something that I, I needed to write down. It was something that I needed to purge basically and um, tell myself that, you know, this is just a chapter in my life that's going to pass, that better days are coming and that I should always hold on to my faith and hold on, hold on to hope and rise above this, you know. The next one um, is just beside its title, If They Ask Me Why I Write, Tell Them This. And this is really um, self-explanatory from the title. I wrote this as a reason why I write. When people ask me, why do I write? Um, I'll show them this poem. The only reason I'm here still bleeding these words is so I'll remember to always rise from the hurt. See, more than just my calloused hands, I write with all my heart, and I won't waste my craft for those unworthy of my art. These words are only meant to navigate my way back in peace. I'll keep spilling this ink so I won't sink in this material world, but please, please never through these words assume my level of piety, for I am flawed, as, as flawed as a human is built to be. So let the past be past, let the future be in his hands, let the present be brilliant in all shades of this pen. Won't you read and write and join me as we go on a pursuit of seeking and living the truth? Let these words be a means, a way, a proof of the manifest human struggle to be and do good. For the soul can only pray that her poor scratches of pen on paper will light someone else's nights. Inspired by the writer of all writers and the light of all light. The final poem I'm going to read is titled Here I Am and it's on page 110. The nicot-clad lady glides across glistening marble tiles. A child throws a gilless smile as he hands a taspe and two large dates to every congregant in the prayer hall. Circles of people from different backgrounds learning and reciting the Qur'an in unison, street signs in a familiar yet unfamiliar language, stranger yet home to a place I once knew, like coming back to an unfinished novel. Standing shoulder to shoulder armed with humility, disarmed from the veil of worldliness, with nothing to offer except these prayers. After all these years, your beauty remains sacrosanct and I'm overwhelmed by the magnitude of your mercy and your love. Here I am, O oh Allah, here I am. You have no partners, here I am. Here I am once again, only this time, broken and awash with sin. O oh Lord of the universe, my Rob, my everything, please, as you hear me whisper, heal every fiber of my being. Here I am, here I am, here I am home. And that was the final poem that I wanted to wrap up my book with um, because I thought it encompasses whatever I've written about on a journey back home and um, on a journey to discovering God and seeking light and um, fostering my faith. And yeah, so that was the final poem. And I hope that you've enjoyed my readings and the stories um, behind it. The last segment of my podcast that I'm going to share is going to be a Q&A segment where I'm going to be answering some questions that you've posted on my IGS the other day when I asked any if any one of you have any questions on my book on my book and so I'm going to do a quite a rapid fire thing here hopefully I'll give brief answers and so the first question that I was asked was could you take us through the publishing process of Homebound to be honest, it's not taxing and it's not a very long one because um, this time around, I sought a publisher 
So it was not a self-publishing, self-publishing route that I took, uh, like like what I did with my previous collaborations with my friends for the works that we did. But for this time around, I sought out a publisher. So all I did was I compiled all my poems that I've written over the years, and I edited it. I asked my friends and my um my my friends to help me to to check my work and to edit my work, and then I basically sent my manuscript to leave. And from then on, we just communicated, and um and then yeah, from then on, they just published it and. Distributed, distributed it for me, and that's it. Yep. Second question: What were some challenges you faced while writing your book? I think the main challenge was time, um, and to kind of balance out my because I'm teaching full time. So if you know teaching in Singapore, um, actually teaching everywhere else is really takes a lot of your time, a lot of planning, a lot of a lot of time. Basically, like work life balance doesn't exist, but that's basically the main challenge of me trying to kind of like find the time and because i'm alhamdulillah i have that that luxury of time in terms of like weekends and holidays so i try to do it during those times and when i come back from work if i'm not tired i'll work on it so yeah so time i think balancing um my my full-time job and doing what i love the site um working on my passion at the site that's what i was facing that I tried to overcome. Now, third question. I'm very interested to publish my own writing, but I'm not sure how to do so. Uh, research. Um, nowadays, you can Google everything, right? So I researched when I wanted to publish as well. There are two basic ways, which is the self-publishing way and finding the publisher way. And there are pros and cons in both. So go and find out which one is your choice and go for it, okay? Yeah. Fourth, how much writing experience do you ha- did you have or you think one should have before publishing? I think plenty. I'm not really sure it's if it's quantifiable, but plenty. Like, a lot, but not so much. Like, you don't wait for 30, 40 years to publish, but um, considerable amount. So, what I, what I realized and what I noticed about fellow, write- fellow friends who write books as well and what they have done is basically... Um, they send in their manuscripts to a lot of publishers and also they what they do is that they send their works to anthologies um they send their works to all kinds of channels that will publish your work so that's how you start off i guess you can start off with showing a little bit of your work through here and there on online platforms or even in in um, published material so try your best to send in your material it could be a magazine an anthology short stories whatever and from there you can work on it and slowly build on your portfolio and then you can start on your on your book because um and also i think personally because i start writing i started writing when i was in my early 20s i just started writing uh, seriously when i'm in my early 20s and because i had my instagram on i think nowadays there's a lot of instagram writers right ig writers and i think it's a good platform i mean if you look at it then in, in a good positive light there's actually a lot of IG writers and Instagram has become it's one of the um, platforms for for writers to kind of like showcase their work so there are good writers out there there are actually really good writers out there on Instagram so go and check that out and maybe use Instagram as a platform for you to share your works and see how the feedback is and also don't forget to get professional kind of like experience where you get a you attend a class attend a writing class attend a writing course or workshop because i I feel that it's important for you to get professional help and professional sort of like um help in terms of like 
how to improve in your work because n- nobody comes in nobody is a perfect writer you know you have to start somewhere and then you need someone to help you out to improve your writing so, can you th- so that you can be better basically okay now that's a really long answer but anyways okay fifth question who or what do you cite as major influences in writing homebound i have diverse writers that influence my writing and um yeah it's just a lot a myriad of them but i would say that the one the few that actually pushed me to actually like a trigger for me to actually put it out there is um i would say rafi habib's book shades of islam um i actually chanced upon his book poetry book in mecca and uh, in a really small bookshop i think it was a dartmoor corner books bookstore and i it was the first thing that caught my eye and i bought it and i read it there and i absolutely loved it and fell in love with it and i fell in love with his writing um fell in love with his poetry and i wanted my poetry to to have that feeling to have to to kind of like convey that emotion that that love the faith love of faith and love for light and i would say that was one of the major influences um if you have the chance to read it i think wider books carry that book shades of islam by rafi habib and also isa kamari's book pilgrimage which was one of the first inspirations for me to actually oh i want to write something that's got to do with umrah and um he wrote a book of poems um that was translated i think really to english and i was like telling myself when i chanced upon his book in wider books i was like i want to write a book write something that's that's like this too so i would say these two were the major influences to trigger me to write and and have that theme of um um pilgrimage in homebound so yeah sixth question how do you discipline and push yourself to finish your book prayers and passion um prayers of from people i love i would say um yeah prayers and passion and um because i'm a kind of person who I really want to materialize my dreams. Like I don't want to just dream it. I'm a dreamer, but I also am a realist. So I I actually don't just want to dream it. I want to do it, and I want to realize my dreams and make it a reality. So I work towards it. And of course, I don't do it on my own. I can't do it on my own. I had some help from 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 everyone who loved me, who loves me, and their prayers really helped me to to get through where I am right now. So yeah, prayers and passion really. My biggest inspiration and motivation um of course my mom if you see my first dedication of the book before you start reading um homebound you will see that it was dedicated to my mom um and when she said to be the best writer that I can be that was really exactly what she said at verbatim when uh, she was in a hospital and it was a few days before she passed on and um that stuck on me and that was really the biggest motivation i would say that that was my that was what really pushed me to finish the book really that was it my mom yeah and last question was there any particular writing style that you admired or followed before developing your own mm yes i did um i followed a few legends like um robert frost um wordsworth elizabeth bishop um yeats sylvia plath you know i i read their stuff and shel silverstein's poems i would say has is a joy to read uh, and a lot of contemporaries as well like um Warson Jarrs, Sarah K, Phil K, you know. Uh and many others I just couldn't these are the ones I could think right at the top of my head. So there are many others like um and but I would say that the first poet that I really fell in love with that writes about faith is Rumi. Yeah, he's like the legend and from then on I discovered other contemporary poets many others really. 
I couldn't think, but yeah, there are many out there. So I would say that I'm not the kind to have a particular one writer or one poet that I devote myself to reading and, and learning. I actually read diverse writers, really. So I think it's important to study a lot of them and then um, slowly develop your own style and your own voice because it's then you get, you know, you, you have more experience and encounters of how it's been done. And so it's easier for you to kind of like um, curate it to your own, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think we've come to the end of today's episode on my debut book, Homebound. Um... I hope that this is not going to be the last episode for the year because I've actually intended to come back, to get back on it and um, I just need some time to curate the content to put up. But yeah, I hope you've taken something away from this episode and um, I hope that you guys are taking care of yourselves, stay safe, stay healthy and be well and we'll catch each other in the next episode, inshallah. Bye!